Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness. Streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I am your host, Will Skywalker Still. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. We are live in the building. Got a good show lined up today. Hopefully, I won't keep you too terribly long, but we're going to continue our hindsight series featuring the defensive ends uh, and why depth was important this year. Why it was important and who I thought made the biggest leap, as you can see, one here, Dorrance Armstrong. So we'll highlight him, get some buy, sell, hold action, greatest performances, things like that. Put on some film. We'll also update you guys on Cowboys news and notes and happenings around your Cowboys in the roundup. And then we'll hit the Twitter streets. Real crazy thing happened in that, not even that game, in both games on Sunday, betting-wise. So we'll hit the Twitter streets and see how interesting that was and some of your craziest bets later on in the show. Feel free to call in if you want. Uh, 351-999-3787, 351 351- Nine 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 three seven eight seven. We already got our day ones, our regulars in the building. Shout out to you guys for joining early in the morning. That's what I love about this. We're every day. That's what makes A to Z Sports Dallas so special. It's every single day we're going to provide you Cowboys content, hopefully on time, but you know, at a certain time, but we'll be consistent. And that's the key, right? Be consistent and be quality and be real. And that's what we try to do here. So salute to y'all in the building. Stevie Mac, the my guy. Fresh Fade, Nation, Latham, Alpha Mason, Frankie Franchise. I'm not even going to butcher this. Y'all know me. We're just going to say K-A-Z. Uh, Adrian Padilla, Captain America. What's up, brother? Uh, what else we got here? Spot, Can You Save Me? Bro, Tariq, Irvin Simmons, Mike Harris, B-Bird. My guy, B-Bird, has an excellent point right there, and I want to get to that later, B-Bird, so make sure you you remind me about that. Uh, Mark Canella, 34, Blackula, Sully, who else we got here? Daniel F. Jacob in the building. Adam Mack, Bear 24, Nisi, Mark Anthony, Jonathan Scruggs, uh, NFZ, Dro the Gooner. And on Facebook, we got Corey in the building. Uh, Lance Bell, Nolia, CJ Richards, Peter Rizzo, Chuck P. I hope I didn't butcher your name, uh, NB. I hope I didn't butcher your name. My, my apologies. I'm not too great with those. But I appreciate you guys joining me. And, um, yeah, I see we already have some takes flying off in here. Definitely save those takes because I definitely want to talk about it. Some trade action you got going on in here. Um, and, and I want to talk about it. Y'all know me. I love talking Cowboys with the nation. I learn from y'all as well. So hit me up, 351-999-3787, or I'll hit the chat, and we can talk as well. But first, before we get into the roundup, yesterday we started our draft coverage at least here myself, we started the draft coverage uh, doing our NFL draft spotlight, prospect spotlight, and I highlighted Kenyon Green, uh, offensive tackle, offensive guard. If you can't tell, if you follow me on Twitter, you can. I'm in the lab right now on offensive linemen. Uh, I looked at Kennard. I've looked at uh, Kenyon Green, and then uh, I cannot pronounce the guy's name, uh, the high pick. I forget his name. But he's not even in our in our range, so I didn't really go all the way in on him. But Green was the first guy that I studied. The next one would be offensive guard-wise, uh, tackle-wise, would be the cat from 
uh, Boston College. And I dropped just a, a little bio on Kenyon Green, the versatile offensive tackle, offensive guard. If you guys want to check that out, I will. I think it is Liam Primetime, Phil. Here is the, here, yes, Iquanu. I didn't, I didn't want to butcher his name, Carson Smith and Mark Anthony, everybody else. Iqu, I think Iquanu is a guy's name. I looked at those three. I don't think Iquanu is going to be in our range, but it's very possible that Kennard and uh, Kenyon Green could be. Uh, Kennard's coming up next. Next week, we'll do our brief bio on Kennard. And um, I figure we'll do this every Monday. I'll just drop a quick little bio, not a long video, something for those who aren't all the way in-depth into draft, can kind of understand and see, uh, attach some footage to it, and hopefully you guys enjoy that. And in between then, we'll have draft shows with, you know, Brian Broadus. We'll try to get Vach on here. We'll try to get Jeff Cavanaugh, any of the any of the most the most respected draft minds in the community i will try to get on this show trust and believe me uh because i i get into the lab after the season and things like that just to be familiar with these guys but i'm not going to pretend i'm todd mcshay i'm not going to do that i like to see things from my own eyes get my own opinions but i do love to listen to those that are really in tune to this and i try to bring that here uh for you guys as well so take a look at that if you can um and we'll We'll kind of get some opinions on those players as we move forward. With that said, y'all, let's hit this roundup and get into some of the news of the day. It is time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. This is the morning roundup. Presented by Texas Family Fitness. Strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are not accomplished with one workout. Progress towards your goals with Texas Family Fitness. Whether it be weight loss, strengthening up, toning up sports, or stress relief, our friends over at TFF have everything you need. So check out any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. Uh, first up, a couple Pro Bowl news. Dak Prescott passed up going to the Pro Bowl as an alternate. <clears throat> excuse me. And this was what Todd Archer had to say about it. He said, with Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson added to the Pro Bowl roster today, I'm told Dak Prescott passed on playing to give himself some rest after a long year of rehab from the ankle, the calf, and other ailments that cropped up during the season. A lot was made of this on Twitter about, see, Dak Prescott was hurt. I'm still not giving him that excuse. I'm sorry. He he was healthy enough to play through it. He did play through it, and he made plays injured. No player is 100%, right? So I can't, I'm not giving that excuse. But that's not to say he didn't gut it through. Like, salute to him for gutting it through. Uh, But you were out there, you were able to play, and I thought he played, we saw him make plays quote-unquote injured, so I'm not really hearing any of that. Uh, I think it's in in his best interest to not play anyway. (laughs) I mean, clearly you are hampered, and if you are hampered in any way or injured in any way, you should not be in this game. This ain't the game for that. These are for the Young Bucks, and I know Kurt and Russell are going, but I personally think this game is for the Young Bucks. I don't think veterans should be playing in this game, in my opinion. I don't think they got nothing to prove. Um, and, and that goes for Tyron Smith, too. Tyron Smith somehow got into the Pro Bowl this year. And not that 
when Tyron played, I thought he was Pro Bowl worthy. But when you miss six, seven games in and out of other games, I don't know how you can get to the Pro Bowl on like nine complete games. I think that's crazy to me. But Tyron Smith got voted in, and he decides to back out also due, for obvious reasons, uh, health. Right, He barely could play as it is in the playoff game. Uh, offensive tackle DJ Humphreys took his place in the Pro Bowl. Ironically, the guy who missed the Arizona Cardinal game at Dallas couldn't take advantage of it. Anyway, seems to be a theme. But another player who did go to the Pro Bowl, get elected as an alternate, was C.D. Lamb. Um, he was announced he would be making a Pro Bowl second-year wideout. At 79 receptions, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. That's a good, the bad. He struggled with drops. He didn't record a touchdown in the last eight games, and he was MIA in the po- in the postseason playoff game. Not all his fault, obviously, but it was a weird second half of the year. He made some catches, but he had some drops. He didn't score touchdowns, but he had some decent games. It was a strange second half of the season, and really not just for him. The entire offense. The entire offense, right? But uh, so there we go. Dak Prescott backs out as well as Tyron Smith, but C.D. Lamb slides in. And then finally, we're not out the water yet, Cowboys Nation, on the defensive side of the ball in regards to the coaching staff. Now the Cowboys got the big fish, right? They got Dan Quinn back. But Joe Witt Jr. remains a hot candidate. He remains a hot candidate on the index coaching circles. Apparently, according to reports, he has six different interviews lined up per sources for defensive coordinator, which could be a problem for Dallas. Now, I'll tell you this. You got the big fish back. Boom. I'm good with that. But we highlighted last week how important Joe Witt Jr. is as a defensive backs coach. I showed you guys the numbers. It's not it's not a coincidence that teams he go to, uh, the teams he goes to, they tend to get more interceptions. I would love to keep him here for that reason. But Joe de- definitely deserves to be a defensive coordinator. Uh, if I was Jerry, and that's the thing with Jerry and these defenses of assistance, he doesn't care. Like, like if he was the Kellen Moore of defensive assistance, Jerry would throw everything at him and say, Joe Witt, there's a, there's a pretty good chance Dan Quinn may not be here next year or two years. Hold out, and I, will, I promise you, you will have your dream job of being the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Throw all the money at him, keep him in-house. But they don't really seem to care about the defensive side of the ball, so they let some of the good defensive coordinators just go and walk out the door. Um, so if he really truly has six interviews lined up, and he wants to be a D.C., I'm sure one of those teams could hire him. But my fingers are crossed, just like Dan Quinn. When I thought Dan Quinn was out the door, he wasn't. So maybe Joe Witt Jr. isn't out the door as well. Huh? Mark said Jerry threw money at DQ. Yeah, he did extend him, uh, give him a contract extension. Hopefully, that's the, that's the crazy thing about DQ. If he has a good year, he won't be back next year probably. But you want him to have a good year. You don't want him to have a bad year just to keep him around. It's catch-22 with these coaches, man. It's catch-22. 
he absolutely deserves to be a, a defensive coordinator. I'm just hoping it's here in Dallas in like two years or something. There you have it. Your morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Uh, Adrian says, Joe Witt Jr. needs to leave as he has absolutely earned a defensive coordinator spot. Needs to. I don't, you don't need to leave. You need him here. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely earned it. He's been coaching defensive backs since, what, 2006 or something like that? It could be going back further than that. Like I said, we, we showed you guys the stats. Let me see if I still have that up here. Uh, for those who may have missed that that episode, it was a really good episode, by the way. Uh, here you go. Yeah, this is the interception uh, opponent interception thrown percentage under Joe Witt Jr. Uh, since 2010. It's just it's staggering how good he's been everywhere he's been, and these are with three different teams. All the way from 2010 to 2016, that was with the Packers, and 2019 that was with the Browns. And then 2021, obviously, with the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, it's not an accident that Joe Witt Jr. is a hot commodity. It's not an accident that the Cowboys ended up being really good at getting interceptions. Jerry, throw the bread at him. Throw the bread. So I'm seeing some stuff in here real quick, y'all. Let me just. I'm seeing Tom Brady officially retired. Is that is that breaking news? I mean, we kind of figure. Right? I was trying to find that for y'all. Okay, yeah. What? Hey, Tom Brady just posted something with a, a picture of him pointing with a heart. So does that mean he retired? Ah, there it is. Yeah. So breaking news, I guess. Tom Brady has retired from the NFL. I'm not going to sit here and go into a bunch of Tom Brady stuff. I will say this. I enjoyed watching Tom Brady as a NFL fan. I tell you that. I was never one of those guys that hated Tom Brady. In fact, I probably hated Aaron Rodgers more, only because of Aaron Rodgers just completely crushed our hearts year after year, it seemed like. Uh, But, yeah, I think Tom Brady is phenomenal. I think Tom Brady is the GOAT. I don't, y'all know me. I've said this before for those that have been around. I don't give a damn about these whole cheatings. I don't care. Because if it was a cowboy, I wouldn't care. You get me six Super Bowls individually with the coach, obviously. I don't care how you got it. You got it. So, you know, congratulations to Tom Brady on a, a phenomenal um, career. 22 years. Dude was in the league. Longer than half of my age. I mean, it's crazy. Longer than half uh, as I've I've been alive. That's nuts. That's nuts. I saw LeBron as well. LeBron has been in the league more, I think, something like he's been in the league longer than he's not been in the league alive. That's kind of crazy. These type of guys are, they're they're freak of nature. They're freaks of nature when it comes to uh, keeping their bodies in shape, their mentals in shape and playing. That's why they're considered goats, you know. I know there's memes and there's funnies and ha ha he he's and stuff like that. You can key key at him. But when it's all said and done, 10 years from now, you look back and you'll say that, you know, Tom Brady, if you're not doing it now, was exceptional. So salute to Tom Brady. Um, and a lot of people, are pre- I'm pretty sure a lot of fans are actually happy that he's gone because Tom Brady played in something like 50% of the Super Bowls since being drafted. That's crazy. 
That's crazy. <laughs> I'm not 44. Boy, Anthony says, Sky, you're 44. I'm not. See, I'm, I'm see, see, Okoye killing me with that. He got everybody thinking I'm in my 40s. Uh, CJ says, Sky, do you think Tony would be a good OC or good head coach, or does he need to stay in the broadcast booth? Don't we hear that a lot, CJ? I mean, sure, I think I think Tony would be a good offense coordinator, maybe a good head coach too. I don't know. I, I think so. He's a smart guy. Uh, but but coaching is different, man. Coach coaching takes a lot out of you. I just don't see Tony wanting to deal with that. You know what I mean? I, I don't I don't think Tony wants to deal with the daily grind of coaching where he can sit in the booth for five hours, get paid ridiculous amount of money, and be on his merry way. So, nah, I, I don't really see it happening. That's why usually you'll see. And I'm not saying Tony Romo is some Hall of Fame head coach or Hall of Fame player, but usually you'll see like backup fringe starters, uh, washouts in the league become these quarterback coaches, these OCs, and things like that because they were backups. I think I forget who said it. Where sometimes the backup actually they actually make better coaches because they have to work a little bit harder or they have to study a little bit harder. They have to see the game differently. Um, they prepare differently, and they're already coaching as they're playing, a la the, the McCown guy, right? Like, McCown's going to be a coach at some point, and he's basically been coaching his whole career. So I don't know if, I don't know if Tony's going to be a guy who wants to deal with that, me personally. I don't think so. <laughs> People are like, you kidding me? I hate Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I get it. You know, hey, some people don't don't like winners like that, that – do whatever it takes, you know, by hook or crook. Cool. Cool. I ain't mad at you, bro. But I, I personally think he's one of the greatest winners of all time. man. Lucky as hell, too, but one of the greatest winners of all time. I got to give it to him. Got to give it to him. All right. Let's begin the meat and potatoes of this show and talk about this hindsight 2021 uh, edge depth. Give me about 30 seconds. Get your drinks, and we'll come back and talk about one uh, Dorrance. Armstrong. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is A to Z Sports Live. And today we are highlighting the defense in depth, starting with one Dorrance Armstrong. Got some opinions on him. And B Bird brought something up earlier that I definitely want to bring back to light. But before we do that, please hit that like button, uh, hit that subscribe button, share this content, and uh, to all your friends, family, and foes. Let them know to come here to Dallas Cowboys. It is Esports Dallas for all your Cowboys content. All right. Let's do it. So, DA was a very interesting case. Because for me personally, I never thought that Dorrance Armstrong was this amazing talent when we drafted him. I never thought he was this amazing talent when we, as he continued to be on this team. Uh, but go figure in a contract year once we dive inside the numbers he had a career 
year. He had a career high in tackles, sacks, pressures, snaps. He was very integral part of this team, but from the outsider view, probably wouldn't think that. But when you look at it here, 23 tackles, five sacks, 35 pressures, six quarterback hits, a block punt, um, a touchdown on the fumble recovery, and 19 stops. He made some plays this year, some some highlight-making plays, Cowboys Nation, right? Remember the block punt against Atlanta, the, the fumble recovery, as we see here, against Washington. And me personally, I thought Armstrong looked a lot more fluid this year. I thought you saw that jump. It took four years, but hey, it is what it is. You saw that jump. He was more fluid. I thought he was stronger at the point of attack. I thought he contained pretty decently this year. Um, He was more nuanced, I believe. With his hands, he was better. I just think he overall was our best depth guy. And here's why we needed him to be our, we needed him this year because too many times our starting defensive ends missed. Obviously, Demarcus Lawrence, seven, 11 games he missed. Randy Gregory, he missed five games. So the depth was major. It was major. And when I went back and looked at the depth we have now, Kind of an interesting position. I think it was Mel who brought this up before. Maybe it was Special K in one of the episodes. You're only sitting at Demarcus Lawrence right now, Terrell Bashman, we'll talk about tomorrow, and, and Chauncey Gosen as well tomorrow. Those are really your only defensive ends on the roster. No more Bradley Nye. Randy's a free agent. And so is Dorrance Armstrong. So twofold question, really. First, let's grade Dorrance Armstrong's season. How would you grade Dorrance Armstrong's year? Again, let's take we can look at the highlights as opposed to just the uh, the numbers. Again, like I said earlier, I, I thought he was more fluid this year. I I thought he was stronger at the point of attack. He was good with his hands. When you when you really go back and watch his tape. There was some really encouraging things. It's just that, I, I don't know. B. Bird brought something up. He said, do we overvalue our own players? I don't want to overvalue Dorrance Armstrong, but I want to make sure I give Dorrance Armstrong his credit. So my grade's a B. I, I, I grade him a B this year. Um, I could even bump that up to a B plus due to him having to step up a lot when the two starting defensive ends were out. So I got to give him credit for that. And he showed some things standing up. He showed some things with his hands in the ground. I didn't think he was a stand up guy. I thought Nolan didn't utilize him right last year. Uh, but I think credit to Aiden Dirde, credit to Dan Quinn. Clearly, Dan Quinn's background as a defensive line coach played a major factor in a lot of these guys having good years. And I thought Dorrance Armstrong had the biggest jump. Yeah, even bigger than Randy. And I'm not saying he's better than Randy. I'm saying his jump was bigger than Randy. Because I didn't expect any of this from Dorrance Armstrong. Uh, So let's look at some of your grades that you have here. Uh, You have B, says Stage B, Stevie Matt. I think we're all on 
point here with the B. <laughs> I have B as well. Uh, B, B plus, B. He played D-Law, didn't. Hmm. Uh, Sean says they could slash should run a little more Wildcat. Oh, you're talking about something completely different. Uh, a flat. A flat. Nobody gets A plus but Parsons. A is pretty high, CJ. Um, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at an A. Because I I can it's like if we're grading on a curve a little bit, or I can I can make some certain certain numbers jump for me. But I think a B is solid because he made a few standout plays, but he would have had to make a little bit more for me to bump it up to an A. Uh A for being available. Yeah. But B for B overall. Uh, B plus, you can always find another cheap Armstrong in draft or free agent. Now, here we go. I was waiting to see a little <laughs> C plus TC915 says, and Will Anthony says C. See, I wouldn't go C because I think he was already a C. Like, I think he was a C player coming into this year, uh, and he had a career year, like, I, like we said, right? Like, these numbers are all career highs. And then the responsibility that he was asked uh, – multiple occasions because of the two defense ends being out. I got to give, give him a little break. I give him a little break. Uh, B bird is interesting. He says when signing players, we should ask ourselves, do they love football and hate losing? I think that's something that sounds like a Jason Garrettism. So now we all agree. He was a B. Here's the real question. Do you buy, do you hold, or do you sell on re-signing Dorrance Armstrong? Buy, hold, or sell on re-signing Dorrance Armstrong. I don't have a market value for DA. Um, Spot Rack didn't provide that. He's not He's not that kind of player. Uh, I didn't have that kind of year for them to go out and look at that. So I, I don't know what the number would be. We can make this a twofold question, but I don't know what the number would be. Buy, hold, or sell on re-signing Dorrance Armstrong. And then I'll try to give you reasons for all of them, and I'll give you my reasons. Uh, Iceberg Q says hold. Jacob says buy. Adrian says sell, hold, stage. TC says buy. Q says sell, hold. B. There's a, that's a lot of, it's mixed here. It's mixed here. Sam says one year wonder. I'm personally going to go with hold. I want to see, I want to scour the free agent market um, before I decide to come back on Dorrance Armstrong. Maybe I go to him prior, because here's the thing about free agents for those who may not know, but a lot of you do. Um, a lot of you are diehard uh, football fans. For those who do not know, Dorrance Armstrong and all the free agents that are cowboy free agents, there's a window where teams are allowed to talk to these guys and try to sign them prior to hitting the open market. I would let Dorrance Armstrong hit the open market. Yes, I'd go to him and say, hey, man, I got a couple million dollars for you. What you think? He's probably going to say no. Uh, Then you say, okay, uh, I don't want to bet. I'm sorry. I don't want to um, negotiate against myself. So I'll let you at the open market and see what happens. If Dorrance Armstrong gets paid, you get a comp pick. If he if it comes back that no one really wants DA in that manner, then you can re-sign him for cheap. Uh, so I, I, I'm holding because I want to wait to see what his his market value is. Uh, but I'm not prioritizing him as a buy 
Um, because I feel like, like someone said here, I can get me another Dorrance Armstrong. I play devil's advocate to myself. Yes, Sky, you can get yourself another Dorrance Armstrong, but will it take four years for him to reach where Dorrance Armstrong is at now? Hmm. He's 24, he'll be 25 next year. It's interesting. I, I just don't view him as that guy, though. You know what I mean? I don't view him as a guy I got to prioritize. So, so DA makes an interesting case. So I'm going to go with hold, wait and see. Uh, Tim Hall says, bye, he earned that. He did. He, he, he earned it. But to what extent? And then how important is he on this team, right? I'll give you a question. Do you re-sign uh, Randy Gregory for $13 million a year? Do you re-sign Dorrance Armstrong for six? I'm just throwing numbers out. I have no idea if these numbers are real. I'm just throwing numbers out there. I'm just throwing numbers out there. Uh, B. Burr said it shouldn't have taken Dorrance Armstrong four years. D.A. Uh, Marcus is an unrestricted free agent. He was drafted uh, usually most of the restricted guys are, are undrafted guys or practice squad guys, things like that. He was a fourth round pick, y'all. Fifth round pick. Fifth round pick, four years. Um, so so he's unrestricted. And obviously they're not going to franchise tag Dorrance Armstrong. So. Cowboys are already over the cap, says Michael H. Can't be overpaying players for future potential. Um, they'll, they'll get the cap. The, Again, the cap, they can make that stuff jump. I just I just don't know if DA is worth making the cap jump forward. That makes sense. There's players out there that is worth for that, but I don't know if DA is that one. I did ask that question about Randy. And that reason why I threw out 13 mil for Randy, because the, the franchise tag is 20. I'll, I'll be surprised if he gets anywhere near close to that on a multi-year extension. So I'm like, 18 still seems crazy. 15 seems fair. I feel like 15 will try to get, but maybe they'll settle on like 13. So I think I would go with 13 to that 15 range for Randy over uh, re-signing uh, Dorrance Armstrong for a few. And that's not an easy question because Randy has shown that he's been in and out of the lineup as well, right? So I, I try to make it a little tough on y'all. Uh, CB Burr says, I'll take Dorrance for six. <laughs> See, that's why I try to make it a little tough on y'all. Um, Will says, sometimes it's a system that holds back players. Sure. Absolutely. I got my guy Twan on the horn. What's up, Twan? Twan, you there? Oh, what's this guy? What's up, Now nah, you're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple things. Um, one... Yeah, I think I was on the same page about who we agree with. Yeah, I think Dorrance had a good year, but I wouldn't bump it up to an A. I think he would only get an A if he had double-digit sacks or double-digit forced uh, turnovers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, now, he would have had to make a little bit more plays uh, for me to bump it up to an A, but I thought he had a solid season, though. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, now, when it, when it comes to if I would buy, keep, or, like, hold on him, mm. Um, I kind of would have to see how we feel about, you know, Terrell Basham. I think you, can, you can't keep both of them. I feel like if you wanted Dorrance, you'd have to let one or the other go. Or if you wanted Basham, you'd have to let Dorrance go. So, what if I told you that's not the, that's not the case? Why, why is that? Basham's not getting paid a lot of money right now. 
and he's already under contract. So he, he you know, they signed him to a two-year cheap deal. Uh, so Basham's, oh. yeah, Basham's under contract, and he's not getting paid a, a whole lot of money. So you can realistically bring back Dorrance Armstrong and keep that depth. That's the whole devil's advocate part that I play on myself, right? Like, do I want to wait for another guy to come in here and develop um, to Dorrance Armstrong's level? Or do I re-sign Dorrance Armstrong? You got Terrell Basham in the fold. Now you have two depth guys. Because I don't view either one of those guys as a primary starter. True. But we do need the depth, though. We need depth. I don't want to lose that. So it's kind of tough with me. Because it's like... Because me think... I thought Basham was on a one-year deal. Or like it was like a one-year prove deal. And then if he did good, they would extend him again. Thought it was that type of two year deal. I think another player had some type of deal like that, but I didn't know we actually signed it for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they brought him in, got him for two years. And, again, we talked about this yesterday. I, I would have did the, that same deal. I would have did it with J. Ron Curse. Uh, they did it with Terrell Basham, um, which is smart because they got yeah. a chance to keep a quality depth guy because Basham was quality. And, and we'll talk about Basham tomorrow. He got a chance to keep a quality depth guy. Uh, but but Dorrance Arm, not Dorrance Armstrong, uh, yeah, Dorrance Armstrong is on was on his last year, so uh, you you can still re-sign him. It's just a matter of how much, and I think it's going to be more than Basham. Mm, okay. Well, I think you all are sorry that the variety of agents you should keep are I think it's Jaron Curtis and Randy Gregory. That's my top two. Those those are must for me. Oh, one hundred percent. The the only way I wouldn't keep. Randy is if they go out and get a different defense and a free agency. And I know a lot of people don't like this name, but uh, Jadavian Clowney would be a fine, I think, swap replacement for Randy Gregory. I do. you know, And that's something that I'll, I'll – matter of fact, he'll be my guy this week. I, on Friday, I'm going to do a free agent focus. He'll be my guy. Mm, I don't know about Jadavian. I'm going to tell mean, you. He has talent. He's too inconsistent for me. That's just my opinion. I think I'd rather stick with RG down the court. See, I, I think I think that's 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 the cowboy fan in us. Yeah. It's the cowboy fan in us, man. We love our players so much that we don't realize there's other guys out there. And I'm not saying Davian's the only one, um, but but you'd be surprised how good he was this year, actually. Like I don't know if you noticed, but I think Olivia Vernon got paid. I think uh, I think either during the season or this off this early off season. You know, I think wasn't he like a free agent earlier this? Uh, he tore his. A, I don't season. even think he played. I mean, I look it up, but. Oh, Miami offered him a contract. Yeah, I think he got like a four-year extension from uh, Olivier Vernon. I think. Bro, I, I, I don't uh, – Olivier Vernon tore his Achilles last year. I don't even think he got signed this year. I, I guess you could – I don't know. I, I kind of would stay away from him as a starter. Uh, as a depth guy, sure, but but I don't know that I would sign Olivier to start. Mm. <sighs> All right, well, before I get out of here, I think my final thing on D.A., I think if he if he wants if it's cheap money, keep him. If he you know if he wants to get if he gets a bag, then I guess we gotta let him go. Yeah. I, would, I thought it was, I thought it was either him or Basham, and I think I would prefer Da over Basham. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't gotta pick. You don't gotta pick. Yeah, Basham will be here. He signed a two-year, five-point-five million-dollar contract, so he's not getting paid a ton of money. Okay. All right. Who do you think played better though? What guy? Uh, Basham or uh, Da? Uh... I think D.A. played better. I, I don't, Honestly, I think they were kind of similar, to, to be real with you. Um, but, I was talking because it's tough. Like, I don't – because Basham made, showed up in, like, 
spots here and there, but I think Gabe was just a little bit more consistent. I think he was so. I think he was more um, disciplined and sound. Uh, Basham at times, and this showed up last year in the film when I was looking at him to sign him. Basham, he kind of wants to go get it, and and I understand that he's a he's a pass rusher's pass rusher. To be honest with you, Uh, where Dorrance Armstrong, I don't believe he is. You know, a pure pass rusher. Basham wants to get to the queue, Um, and there's times where he got a little undisciplined, a little not, not sound in his assignment. Um, and you saw that, but, but overall I thought he was still solid as a depth guy, but I felt like Dorrance, uh, was a little, a little bit more reliable. So I'll say DA. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate you stopping with my call. As always, keep doing what you're doing, man. And, uh, you know, I'm always going to be watching. I appreciate you, Twan, as always, brother. Great stuff, Twan. Great stuff. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, B. Bird, you're right about uh, the, the the boneheaded penalties and things like that. That's why I said, I think last week when we started this series with Randy, it was a tough sell for for Randy because of the way he ended the year. That that was a game where he, where he could have really made a lot of money against the 49ers. And I think Brian Broaddus was talking about this is a money game. Scouts look at, not scouts, front offices look at games like this. Trent Williams, Randy Gregory, is this a guy we can pay, yada, yada, yada. And I thought that Randy was just, he just lost his control. He lost his composure within the play. Um, I still wholeheartedly believe he was coached to to hold because of the way that the Niners like to pull and things like that. But I don't think he, they, they should have did that. I can't really fathom him just going out there, something he didn't do all year. Not one single holding penalty all year. And he really could have had like three or four in that game. And then you had the the boneheaded mistakes and, and the just he was kind of dirty in that game as well. I just think he the pressure might have succumbed to Randy. So I, I feel you, B Bird. It was a, a bad taste uh, he left um, in Cowboys Nation's mouths at that uh, at the end of that game. And um, I'm not mad at you for that. I'm not mad at you for that. Yeah, Olivier Vernon did not play. I appreciate you guys in the chat. I didn't think he did, and uh, it was confirmed. Let's get to, I think we have Marcus in the building. Then we get to, uh, not Twan, 903. What's up, my guy, Marcus? How you doing, man? What's going on, brother? You doing all right? I'm good, man. I'm good on this beautiful Tuesday as we work through this offseason. I know we're still trying to get through this loss, but I'm going to try to do my best to help y'all get through I'm it. So, I'm so, I'm so, I'm way past that, man. Okay, I'm glad. I'm, okay. I'm so ready okay. to draft. I'm so, no, you ain't got to worry about it. You ain't got, you ain't got to talk me off the bridge, man. Gotcha. It's all good. I'll just say this, man. I don't understand, and I was talking to B-Bird in the chat, but it's funny because, like you said, man, it's like, you know, you have to find that that equilibrium between being a fan and being, you know, an observer. And the fan that does, you know, we want to keep Randy, we want to throw the bank at, at Randy, but it's like, dude, you got to look at it also like, you know, he only gave us really one year of real production. That was this year, mm. and he didn't give a full year. You know, a lot of people don't want to say that, and when you say that, you're a hater, and why are you watching his pockets and all this other stuff, but it's like, I want availability, and sure. I want the ability to, I want you to be, have the ability to be coached up, and like, I think people are expecting way too much from, you said a fifth round pick, right? I believe I believe oh, he, he had, was it a fifth rounder. Him. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it shouldn't take him four years to get it together, and I'm like, he was a fifth round pick, like, what do you want from him? Mm-hmm. 
And but now, you know, the, the same people who say that will turn around and say, "Let's go ahead and, and and break the bank for Randy Gregory." And how long has he been in the league? And how many years has he actually played? Think about this for Randy like, Gregory. Got to be fair. Randy Gregory played with Tony Romo. Exactly. <laughs> e- exactly. Yeah. And and people like to say, "Oh, you know, he don't have any wear and tear on his body." I'm like, "Yeah, that's all fine and good, but it's like." The Cowboys have been more than patient with Randy Gregory and him de- battling his demons. So it's like, you know, you have to t- they're going to take all that into consideration. Trust and believe. If you're talking about Stephen Jones especially, they're going to take all that into consideration. And from what I saw with Dorrance, I saw mass improvement with good coaching. He, he did improve. Steve has always said he improved, I think, greatly. And I think he improved in this particular, in this particular scheme. I think Dan Quinn really had his hands on him, and uh, Deerday really had his hands on him. So, yeah, I definitely want to try to bring him back. And I think that, honestly, Randy Gregory didn't do anything for himself when he came to that playoff game. I think he really hurt his value. Fourth rounder. I think he really, really hurt it. Yeah, his, I mean, I think his, think, his, his think? value took a bit of a hit. Um, like, early on it took a hit. But I think once, once you go back into – when I say you, I mean if you're a general manager. You go back, you look at the totality of right. Randy. I think – General managers won't come high on him. I just, I just don't see it, and it could be his history, which I we all know, right? It's not fair, the marijuana, whatever. That's going to be a factor, right? Because when you go into these negotiation right. tables, what do they do? They're going to, they don't care what happens. They're going to bring every little thing out and say, "Well, you were suspended five different times. You missed fifty-four games. Um, you also got injured last year." They're going to put all the negatives out there, and then as a response, as an agent, you'll say, "Oh well, you know, I was a Pro Bowler. Uh, you're going to do all that stuff that really don't matter, right? Like Pro Bowls, who cares? But those in negotiation rooms, they do care." So there's going to be that back and forth, and I just think there's going to be more things outweighing the positive for Randy Gregory. So I don't see a team throwing 18, 19, 20 million now. It only takes one, but I'm going to go out and let me say I don't see it happening. Uh, so I think there is a chance that Dallas could get Gregory back on what we believe is a, a fair deal, but what Randy may think is his highest, uh, his highest price value, which could be something like 13, 14 million which I'd imagine he'd be happy with because he, I don't even know if he's made that in his entire career, uh, Marcus. Right. And that's all, that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I think we really have to, like you said, we have to get out of this notion of loving our players too much. Like, at the end of the day, like, the organization is what's going to stand, not the player. The player is going to come and go. Sure. Like, I'll say this uh, specifically with Zeke, and this ain't no, it's not a diss on Zeke, but when you, when you, when people, I have people going to bat for him like over and over and over again. I'm like, dude, it's clearly hurt. Why is he playing? Why is he playing? Why is he playing? And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, oh, yeah, I told my PCL and I was playing on that. So you hurt your team because of your pride. You know what I mean? So that's what, when I saw that, I'm like, okay. And I've always been a Zeke guy, but I was like, come on, man. Why would you, do, why would you be that stopgap in progress with other players because of your pride and you're hindering the team? Yeah. They're, and, you they're... know, like I said, when you're talking about, there's a. There's and I don't a, want to. I don't want to go off into that particular tangent, but it's just like that's no, really no. I, that I, kind of I'm passionate. I'm passionate about that yeah. that that player too, and it's it's, and it's not because we don't like Zeke, man. Like like at, at some point, right. at some point, common sense smacks you in the sale. face, man. It smacks you in yes, the face. Yes. And the common sense right. is there. You, for as much as we love Zeke, we have to understand you don't need a Zeke to succeed right. in this league. 
meaning I don't need a $90 million guy. But, all right, now, you signed him, whatever, got your bread. Now I need you to be that guy. And the problem is right. at a position where it's wear and tear, wear and tear, wear and tear. Started out he great. He started out great. And he's going to probably do that for the, for most of his career, but you wear down. And you continue to wear down and wear down. And then you play through a piece. Do, do we honestly believe that Ezekiel Elliott's injury history is going to get better? Uh, not, not with degenerative knees. That's only going to get worse. But again, you say that, and you're a hater, and I don't you know, care you're not anymore. A real fan I, I, I don't, I don't care if I don't you want to label like, me a hater that. of Zeke. It's not even that, man. Like Zeke can still be a right. a positive um, uh, asset to this team if utilized the right way. He cannot be this bell cow right. back anymore, and this franchise cannot treat him that way because he. This isn't new, right. by the way, Marcus. You know, last year he was banged up too. Last year he was not exactly. He, he was banged up to the point of he was a detriment to himself and the team, and he had to sit down. So, this is two right. years running. He has the most carries in the league since being here. He ain't going nowhere this year. But but I'm just saying, as a as a franchise, you do got to come to the conclusion that all right, man, this isn't 2016. You know what I mean? We we got another guy back there and who I'll, also can get the rock too. And I'll I'll say this one, one last thing about Doris, man. Like I said, vast improvement. I really like to see what he could do under Dan Quinn, and I think that. Cowboys have been more than patient with Randy Gregory, and I think that they ought to let him test that market because I don't think he's going to get the care, the tendon love of care that he's gotten here in Dallas. I think he's going to go maybe go get his bag, and he's going to be miserable. He's going to get his bag, and he's going to be miserable. Well, that's, uh, just, that's the way I see it if he doesn't come back. Randy, Randy, first of all, I'm proud of his growth as a person. I, oh, me too. He's me too. I Mental health is. That's real. why I don't want to go the miserable route, um, because because I think he's in a better mental space. Um, I'm trying not to be too. <laughs> I'm not trying to be too forward. I had a few conversations with his parents, uh, and, and I think Randy's in a good space. I think he could go somewhere and be and be fine from a mental from a mental standpoint. When I when I say when I when I when I say miserable, I mean like. If Jacksonville came call and say, "Hey man, we're gonna give you nineteen million, guaranteed, four years," I'm taking that. Oh wait, wait, nineteen guaranteed? Exactly. Wait, but wait. you're in Jacksonville. Nineteen a year or guaranteed? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just throwing, I'm throwing, I'm throwing numbers out. Like, gotcha, gotcha, hey, gotcha, gotcha. We want to offer you hundred million dollar contract, you know, five years. But you're in Jacksonville, so you're getting twenty million, and you're at Jacksonville, a team that's clearly on the rebuild, and you're on the last leg of your career. So, like I said, I want him to come back. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I want him to come back. But, like, I'm not going to shed any tears like, oh, my God, we lost Randy Gregory. Like, I'm not going to shed any tears because, again, yeah. I've learned to, to fall in and out of love with players. Like, you want them to stay, but you can't keep everybody. This is a business. It is what it is. But, as usual, you know, you're too fly for the clouds. You're too down for the green grass, Brother Skywalker. You take care of yourself. God got his hands all over you, bro. Appreciate you, Marcus. You, too. I'll get to you in a second here, 903. She. Pay me nah. You pay me a hundred million dollars. I go play for the Washington Commanders or whatever they call it now, apparently. I don't give a dang, you know. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think, you know, I know he was being hyperbole, but um I think Randy will be fine if he gets the bag somewhere else. Um 
he has that natural pass rushing talent. I think that could translate to different schemes. Um, team success, though, a bit of a different story. He's got his boys down here. He's been with this organization now for what, y'all? Seven years? So I think ties are here. I think the Cowboys have the advantage to bring him back. Uh, it's just a matter of how much does he want to, you know, get paid. <laughs> Dro said, she, you know, I take a hundred million dollars to lose every week. <laughs> Super chat. Uh, Top Donnie Burner account says players should cash in. Uh, you get one body, get paid. That's how I feel too. And you know what? I, I missed some super chats yesterday. I apologize for those. Again, man, it's, it's tough when you're the one man, one man band. Let me just make sure I ain't missing anymore. Hold up. Wait. Are you ready for the next episode? Hey, hey. Now we good. All right. Uh, Will said Cooper turned down Washington for less to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Coop got a hundred million. Coop, Coop probably turned down a couple extra dollars, but he still got his hundred million. You know what I mean? I mean, not 100 million total, but 20 million a year. If Dallas was offering Randy Gregory, Will Anthony, 18 million for five years, and the Jaguars were offering Randy 20 million for five years, I'm pretty sure he'd come back to Dallas. He's still getting the bag, right? But if Dallas offered Randy 10 million and they offer him 20, I think Randy about it. Show me. Show me. Um, uh, Tom said, I'd rather get paid than win a Super Bowl, to be honest. Sure. Sure. Let's get to 903. What's up, 903? How you doing? How you doing? Scott Walker, how you doing, sir? I'm good, sir. Um, how are you? Thank you. Thanks. I'm doing great. I'm glad you're on this morning. Thank you. Uh, I think Randy would be all right. Uh, like I said, uh, whatever money he gets, uh, he deserves to get. But like I said, Dallas offers some reasonable, nothing crazy, you know, and he don't take it. It's, it's cool, too. Um, but he's not breaking nobody's pocket right now. I'm just concerned about uh, about the people, about, you know, the people that do have. I think they can probably let go, you know, from cap space and everything. And also they need to work on their uh, offensive line yeah. um, as well. And uh, I think Dallas needs to learn how to use all the weapons they have. They got great running backs and give other running backs rest. I think they just did bad management with their players, in my in my opinion. You know. Uh, you said they give bad – they give bad what now? Ma- management. Like when, like, Zeke should have been set out. I'm sorry. They, I mean, if you go lose anyway – Set them out because they just make things worse than what it is, and, you know. And then yeah. they need to. They, I hope they, they need to trap good and clogging up that hole. They need some bigger linemen that can stop the run too. That's what really hurt Dallas the most is that stopping the run game. And see, that's another reason why I, I you know, this is going to a different side. I, I kind of am for a guy like Clowney. I think Clowney is phenomenal against the run, but he also gives you some good pass rushing ability as well. Now, not it hasn't been the case all throughout his career, but. Um, utilize the correct way. I think Clowney could be good in this system. I truly do, but but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I agree because you you already got no. They don't need a whole lot of help on the back end for us to pass game. They just need a lot of help on the run game. And they got enough players to make to to make up for the pass game, you know. And uh, with Dan Quinn in there, I think, in my opinion, it's only my opinion. If Jerry Jones is smart, I think Dan Quinn may be sticking around because I think if Wichita don't do it this year. Dan Quinn may be the head coach. That's what I would do. 
so Dan Quinn have a, a a way of building up a team for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? We need some players who can build up that, who can know, who can uh, you know, lead the way the offensive line needs some discipline. Yeah, well, what's your name, hey, brother? Uh, my name Andrew. Andrew, did you tune in? They put your cousin back and started with this. They thinking. Oh yeah, I think they. Well, I hope they will. Jeez, I hope they will. But but were you were you watching the show yesterday, Andrew? Uh, I didn't catch it yesterday, sir. All right, you might no, want to. You might want to catch it because because what you're talking about is the second key to Championship Sunday. Get the out the way. Jerry and Steven just exactly. need to get out the way and let the head coach or whomever do what they need to do. That's really what you're talking about here. But that 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 was for another yeah, show. I agree. That's what stopped them from getting to the Super Bowl. It wasn't the defense. The remaining defense made some city plays in the playoffs, but it wasn't all just defense. I think the defense probably was got to the point where like over aggressive because they want to win so bad, and the offense was failing. I think that's why. I know that man when he made that tackle on defense, Lawrence. I think he just thought it was the running back because he was trying to. It was a quick reaction. He he do it on prayer, but I can tell it was a quick reaction. He thought the running back ran into him, so he grabbed him, slipped down. He was, you know, some people they over anxious. So that's yeah. what I think happened on the defense. I think I think they want to win too bad. They got over a threat because offense wouldn't produce. Hey, you got to be, but you got to be disciplined. Yeah, Randy Gregory had that holding yeah. penalty on third and nine. That that was a killer. Or second and nine, um, and then you had a third down stop from Neville Gallimore. But uh, I'm sorry, you had a third down stop from the defense, almost interception. And then Neville Gallimore gets a hands to the face, and that extends the drive. You know, yeah. those things are you know yeah. those aren't the referees out to get you. Those are things that you have to keep yeah. under control. I agree, but it's not. It's, I agree, but it's not. But you can tell it's nothing they just normally do. Now, if it was something they did, like. You know, throughout the year, constant those you know those constant mistakes out the year. We need to fix this problem. But you know, for that game and intensity, you know, tell what's going on through those players' mind. Be honest about it. You know, brother, they was doing that all year. Cowboys were the most undisciplined <laughs> team all year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and the holding. Yeah, you agree. All right, you right. Best of the holding penalties on a good run, they get a holding. <laughs> something, something <laughs> always came up, brother. What, all right, thank you, sir. Hey, appreciate the call, All man. Right. Yeah, man, something, something always came up. And got, yeah, it, you, I should have told him to turn this house down. I didn't even notice that. My bad, y'all. Uh, something always came up penalty-wise. It was, again, I'm with Jerry. Again, I don't like listening to him too much, but I'm with Jerry when he said, I'm not for this. Let's fix it in the offseason. You had 11 penalties in the first game. You were the leading, you led the league in penalties halfway through the year. Fix it then. Fix it then. Uh, there was a super chat. Super chat. Brian Gaines, appreciate you for the $4.99 donation. Says draft left guard and center and big quick linebackers. Uh, Dak has improved with a declining O-line and run game. What happens when that O-line is back to being solid? Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the left guard spot for sure. Uh, if they decide not to move Collins inside, even if they do, I still think you should draft one. Um, and then center, I, I'm all for getting competition in here for Tyler Biotish. All for it. I I don't think Tyler Biotish played well enough for you to ignore that position. So if if it's first round, if it's fourth round, I don't care. Bring in competition. As for the big quick linebackers, Brian Gaines, the big part is not up Dan Quinn's alley. 
But the quick part is, now you'll get these freak natures like a Devondre Campbell, who's 6'4", 230. But, but he's not looking for the LVE type, 6'4", 260 pounds. Nope. So if you want a cheat code on the type of backer that Dan Quinn is going to be looking for in this draft, so you can go study him or whatever, you're not wasting your time, you want to be looking in that six foot to six three range, in that two twenty five to two thirty two thirty five range. Usually, it's two thirty. There are exceptions, and the exception is if you are just an athletic freak, a la Michael Parsons, um, a la Jabril Cox, who stands at something like six three, six four, about two forty something, but he runs a four five. He's a cover demon. He's a he's a fast guy. So. He's looking for fast, athletic linebackers. And don't be surprised if we get a few undersized guys. Because back in the day, the 6'235", the 30-pound, 25-pound linebacker was, what? You don't do that. They're too little. I remember, oh, what's the cat from um, Florida State? He actually played a season in Dallas. He used to play for the Lions a lot, escaping my, my dang on my memory. Uh, then you had Telvin Smith come in ridiculous fast linebacker and then just go look at the linebackers that Dan Quinn drafted uh in Atlanta you know the Deion Joneses Devondre Campbells they all fit that 220 to 230 pound range uh were rangy guys quick guys and relied on athleticism that's really what uh Quinn likes and honestly that's where the league is at that's where the linebackers should be right now you need athletic guys you need quick guys you need fast guys or they're just going to take advantage of you we're just going to take advantage of you. All right, let's get 903. Wait, did I just have 903 in there? I did. Let's get 325. What's up, 325? Um, sorry. Um, I had a question about um Zeke's play. I mean, it's obvious the eye test that he felt that running the ball after his injury. Uh, as to why the coaches kept him in, do you think it was more pass blocking? Because, I mean, he made some hell of plays on, on blocking. I mean, I remember it was in the, the San Francisco game, the last game of the season, where he blocked two guys at once. Mm. I mean. Uh, do I, I, I guess. I, I, I'm going to be real. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. I think politics played a factor. I yeah, just, like maybe because he's Dak's BFF. You know, I don't know. No, <laughs> Dak, ain't, Dak don't make that decision. Yeah. <laughs> it don't matter oh, if he's Dak's BFF. I, I, he's, he's Jerry's. You know, Jerry doesn't want to look like, hey, I got a $90 million running back that's only getting the ball five times a game, or he's not playing in five, six games. In reality, the best way to handle Ezekiel Elliott was, hey, big dog, listen, we're 7-2. and two. I feel like – here's a funny thing. People were saying, oh, we're holding back plays against these bum teams because we feel like we can beat them anyway, and we'll, we'll bring it out in the postseason. Cool. Well, then why not bench – Zeke, so he can rest for the postseason. Uh, that's right. a, you know. So I think there was a little bit of politics there. I think it was a little bit of Zeke wanting to uh, show he's tough and he can toughen it out. And there may have been a little bit of, I don't know if I want Tony Powell to get five, six games as the guy. <laughs> you know, you're right, because that reminds me of Brandon Carr. I think that they did the same thing with him, you know. They paid him so much money, but he wasn't a top-end cornerback. I mean, he's on the auto Beckham, you know, highlight with one-handed catch and, you know, incredible catch. But 
I thought they played him too much when, when they should have moved on, you know? That's the thing but about Dallas, bro. We talked about it yesterday. Yeah. They they don't move on from players ahead of time. They wait till it's too late. And if that's yeah. what's frustrating about the organization. If you're not going to be aggressive in getting players, then at least be aggressive in getting assets for the players that you have that aren't really putting you over the hump. Exactly. And I'm not saying I'm not saying trade Zeke right now. I'm I'm just talking about in general. They don't do this ever. When's the last time the Cowboys oh, have traded a player on their team for a quality draft pick or another player? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I can't either. I just know the Rams seem to be like they went all out and it's paid off for them. Cowboys don't do that. Never. They, you know, it's just frustrating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but thanks, man. I mean, you're right. I mean, because I don't know, like, to me, it might be a cultural thing, and I don't know how much pull the players actually have, you know, because it seemed like Romo had a lot of pull in the Garrett era, you know. I mean, by T.O.'s exit and everything, you know. So that's why I thought I'd just bring it up. Yeah, no problem at all, but appreciate the call. All right, have a good one. You too, man. Yeah, I, you know, that's that's a, a fair question. I, I truly don't recall the last time the Cowboys traded one of their own. And, and yeah, I'm not saying do this every year for a quality pick. And, and in fact, it's been mostly let's trade for someone. Not a lot. <laughs> but in the last five years, we had uh, Cooper. We had Quinn. I think. It's a cat from North Carolina, y'all. The slot wide receiver. He was traded to the Raiders, which I think netted us Tavon Austin. I don't believe it was a crazy. Okay, so they traded they traded the slot wide receiver for the defensive end, who didn't do nothing for the Cowboys, but then went to the Colts and had like six sacks. So they they don't do that. A lot of teams do that. A lot of teams are shrewd. And I talk about, you know, a couple things you have to be really good at in the offseason. Um, obviously draft being shrewd and aggressive in free agency and being shrewd in trading the trade market. You got to be Switzer. Yeah. Uh, Switzer, I believe was traded to Oakland, right? Wasn't it Oakland? I know he ended up in Pittsburgh. Ended up in Pittsburgh, ended up at the Cleveland. He is kind of bouncing around a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the Cowboys just don't, don't really do that. Jahad Ward, yeah. J- J- so it was Ryan Switzer for Jahad Ward, and that's not. I mean, that's not. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about you see other teams that make these trades on not only trading their guys for quality assets, but trading for guys as well. Dallas doesn't do it. They they are firm, lock in step. We're going to draft. We're going to bargain shop, and that's how we're going to try to win. And we're also going to get yes men in here as coaches. But but this doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Thank you, Roberto. Uh, it was Oakland who had our special teams coordinator. Uh, Marcus says, I draft heavy O-line in the draft, uh, O-line and D-line. Uh, talking about Jay Lombardi. Yeah, I'm still, like I said, I'm still working through uh, the whole draft stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of with you. We said this at the end of the season, at the end of the playoff game. O-line has to be up there as a priority. And due to what's happening on the defensive line, so does the defensive line. The trenches are where the game is won. It's cliche, but it's true. The game is won up front. 
And uh, we need a little bit of help on both sides of the ball. I, for one, as much as I like Neville Gallimore, I'm not ruling out a defensive tackle. In fact, you know what this may be? We'll get to the DTs. Next week will be the DTs. I'm not even going to, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to tease it. We'll get to the DTs. I'm going to just say that. That's another interesting position there where when you go, when we do the hindsight series and you look back, some questions, some questions. Uh, J- uh, Jay Lombardi says, have I seen Demond Clark? I have not yet. I'm still very, very early in this process. I will be watching the senior bowl this week. I'm trying to get my hands on the senior bowl players right now so I can have some type of insight going into that game. Uh, but I have not, but I'm always in the chat. If you're not in the chat, in the comments, when the videos are over, the live streams are over, drop names. I write them down, um, and then I'll go back and look. I, and for my own, I'll do my own research as well, but I'll go back and look at some of the guys you think I should look at uh, as well. So make sure y'all look at that, all right? Help a brother out. With that said, we are going to wrap this thing up and head on up out of here. Uh, later tonight, well, uh, not me, but Mauricio Rodriguez will be on the channel for A to Z Sports Primetime. Make sure y'all check Mo out. He dropped a really dang good article about where this offense, I won't say struggle, but what they didn't do. And I think he talked about it yesterday in regards to the trends of pre-snap motion, at-snap motion, things like that. Something that, y'all know me, been screaming about all year. All year, the Dallas Cowboys ranked at the bottom of the league in pre-snap motion. That's one thing that Kellen needs to change going into next year. But yeah, very good show, uh, article he did, and I believe he talked about it in the show as well. So make sure y'all check that out. The article is up on a to z sports dallas.com, um, as well as I believe in his description in the show. So y'all do that. With that said, y'all, I'm gonna go ahead and press this button, get on up out of here. Later today, I will be dropping all 22 highlights for our guy DA, so you can check that out individually and see where and how he improved. I, again, I thought DA had a phenomenal year, so. For a reserve guy, I don't want to go out on a limb here and say he's been this great player, but you can check out his stuff later. I'll probably have this drop by noon or so. So appreciate y'all. I'm going to get up out of here. Tomorrow we'll be back, 8.15-ish. We'll highlight the end of this Hindsight 2021 Edge Depth Series with our rookie guy, Golston, and Terrell Basher. Might have something in Golston. We'll talk about that tomorrow, y'all. Love y'all. Y'all be safe. Make sure to hit that like button on the way out. Appreciate you. Peace. Shout out to Stevie Mac. The Mod God. I want me some glory hope.